1: To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor.
2: Those hymns are so rich, you just kind of want to think a little bit about those words a little bit. I'm not sure what I got out of the last one. The most part was probably the part about the weary nations. As we feel pretty weary tonight, a lot of us have been decimated by the flu. But praise the Lord we're here, that we're here. And it's good to be in the house of God tonight as we bring in the new year. Well, we're not going to stay to bring in the new year. But anyway, we'll be here. Yeah, I know. But it's good for us to be in the house of God on the last day of the year. And as we look at the beginning of the new year, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for being the God of new things for us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for being our God, our God, our our help in ages past, our help for last year, Lord. Thank you for being our hope for new year, Lord, as we look forward to it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you turn in your Bible to a passage which really is is ideal for New Year's, and it's Isaiah 43. Isaiah chapter 43, explain a little bit why this is so appropriate for us to look at for our new year. We wanna do that. We wanna come to the new year with the word of God in our hands. We wanna evaluate our last year with the word of God. We wanna go forward into the new year with the word of God. So let's look at it, Isaiah chapter 43. We're just gonna look at a few verses here. The whole chapter is great. It's tremendous. Things here that that I would be speaking and bringing in the new year with my sermon, so I don't wanna do that. So uh, let's look at verse one, and then we're gonna go down to verse 19. Verse one. But now, thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, For I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. Now jump down, if you would, please, to verse 19. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beast of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owls, because I give waters to the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. Then drop down, if you would, please, verse 25, for Isaiah 43, 25. I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake and will not remember thy sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together, declare thou, that thou mayest be justified. So as I said, this is a great chapter for the new year because we can use this chapter, look back on 2017, see God's mercies for us for the last year, see what to do. Like the hymn says, count your many blessings, name them one by one. When upon life's billows you are a tempest tossed. When you're discouraged, think as all is lost. Count your many blessings. Name them one by one, it will surprise you what the Lord hath done. And I'd encourage you to do that. I'd encourage you tonight to sit down when you go home and just, instead of turning on the television and watching a crystal ball fall from this there, just sit down and write down all the blessings that God has showered on that you can remember down through the last year. You know, the hardest years for the pilgrims, the hardest time for the pilgrims when they lost over half of their group was the time when they instituted this time of Thanksgiving that we celebrate. The hardest years for Scanabody's lab was back in the 1970s, when our family lived way down the dirt road part of Willow Road with 300 goats, literally butted up against our house, 45 employees, 24 hours a day at our house. We had an above-ground swimming pool. We never used it because there was never any private time at home. And torrential rains fell in 1978 and 1979, and you're all too young to remember that. But during that time, these, it just washed goat manure into the back of our house. It was no, those were hard days, let me tell you. And what we used to do at that time is we had a little book, and every Friday we'd sit down at the end of the week, and we would just go back over the last week, and we would just write down the goodness of God, the mercies of God, the blessings of God. It was such an encouragement, And that's really what's a good thing to do, especially now. But when you look back over the last year, 2017, you not only see the good, you also see the bad. You also see the failures, our failures. You also see our sins, where we failed the Lord. And that's where Isaiah 43 comes in, because you just gotta think of the condition of the Jewish people in Isaiah 43 and realize that, they were looking at themselves as slaves in Babylon. And that was so discouraging. That was the most depressing time for the Jewish people. And what was so depressing about it is because they weren't just slaves, they were slaves again. It was again I mean, how sad was this for the Jewish people to realize that they had been slaves in Egypt and God had liberated them and God had preserved them and God had built them up to be the the most mighty nation on earth and now they find themselves slaves again in Babylon. And so this depression of being slaves again in Babylon is just captured in the saddest of all the Psalms, which is Psalm 137, Psalm 137, where it says, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, can you feel that depression? There we sat down, yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows, willows, weeping willows, when the midst thereof, there they that carried us away captive required of us a song And they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? I mean, this is a real depression here. And this is the scene and the setting of Isaiah 43, which we're in. As they were there, they thought to themselves, what happened? How did we end up like this? How did this happen? And they realized, oh yeah, it was all of our rebellion against God. It was all of our backsliding against God. And in their depression, they realized, we're judged. We're judged by God. And so that's why it's such a good idea in 2017, 17 look back and see the personal times of backsliding against God, the personal times of rebellion against God. Now right during this tragedy of this Jewish people as they thought back on their backsliding and their rebellion, we have this, this, what comes as music, music to the ears, which is Isaiah forty-three twenty-five, verse 25, which we read, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgression for mine own namesake, and I will not remember thy sins. Put me in remembrance. Let's plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. You know, God, when he says these things, I, even I, you know what he's doing? When he says these things like I, even I, for mine own name's sake, he's putting the spotlight on himself. He's saying, look at me, look at me, because in me, you're gonna see a wonderful hope. And that hope that Israel was to see this very simple statement. The nature of God is to care. The nature of God is to care. It's to care about Israel's condition. It's to care about Israel's restoration. In fact, you can use these words, cared for, in the great love verse of John 3.16, and you can take out the word loved and put in the word cared for, and you can read it that way, John 3.16, for God so cared for the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have his everlasting life. We look back over the failures of our sin and of our backsliding, our unbelief in 2017. It's wonderful to realize God cares. He cares about us. Just like the hymn says, does Jesus care when I've tried and failed to resist some temptation strong when for my deep grief, There's no relief, though my tears flow all the night long. Oh yes, he cares, I know he cares. His heart is touched by my grief. When the days are weary, the long nights dreary, I know my Savior cares. The nature of God is to care, just like the nature of a mother is to care for her child. And that's the really image that God uses to, to show I care when He says in Isaiah 49:15, Isaiah 49:15, can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget? Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands, thy walls are continually before me. God says he cares so much, he's like a mother that's in the very actual act of nursing her child, and God cares so much that he says, not a tattoo, graven, permanently graven, names on his palms of his hands. The walls of Jerusalem are continually before God. So what God is doing here, as they're there in Babylon, is that he's waiting. He's waiting, as this is the whole thing in in verse 26. Verse 26, he's waiting for them to, verse 26, Isaiah 43, 26, put me in remembrance. Put me in remembrance. Let's plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. God's waiting for the Jewish people, for them to put him in remembrance. I was speaking to a lost Jewish person this last week. And as we were talking and he was telling me about it, everything in his life and so forth, and I thought to myself, as you know, I went to high school in, in Switzerland and, and I went to Europe sometimes four times a year, so I had a lot of, I was, th- Europe. So, and it was, he it was talking to me, I was thinking to myself, boy, you know what? He's built his life on the typical European experiment. What's the European experiment? The European experiment, which largely began after World War II, is that we can have a life, we can have a society, we can have cultures without God. Oh, we'll put the religion way over here in the corner, but we can do it just like the Psalm says in Psalm 10, verse four, Psalm 10, verse four, which says the wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. God is not in any of his thoughts. And I said to him as I was was listening, I said, I got a question for you. I have a question for you. If you were to have a sentence with a blank in it, I wanna know what you'd put in the blank. I need God for blank. What do you need God for? Now, most people really don't know how to answer that question, what they need God for, and that's the typical tragedy of the grand European model. And I began to realize as I would travel more over there, U.S. is different from Europe in that regard. Of course, if Obama was still still in office, he would make us more, like the Europeans, but anyway. But God says to Israel in Isaiah 43, 26, he says, put me in remembrance. Put me in remembrance. In other words, God is saying, remember me? Remember me? God is saying, start filling in the blank of the statement, I need God for. And for, so first, God is waiting for Israel to just to put God in their thoughts. Think about God. What do you think about God? Think of, start by thinking, what is God like? What is he like? What is God like? You know what that search will lead to? That search will lead to the discovery that the nature of God is to care. That's what God is like. The nature of God is to care. And then the next thought, what have I done against God? What have I done against God? You know what that will lead to? That will lead to the discovery of Isaiah 59 two. Your iniquities have separated yourselves between you and your God and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. And then the next thought, what do I do? What do I do to fix the breach? What do I do to repair the gap? that my sins have caused between me and God. That will lead to the great discovery of Isaiah 118, where they will be the lead to the hearing of the calling of God in Isaiah 118, come now, come now. Let's reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be uh, crimson, they shall be as wool. And then the thought, the next question, how can God do that? How can God forgive my sins? How can he forgive my sins? That search will lead to the discovery of Isaiah 53.5. Isaiah 53.5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. But nothing starts, nothing starts without the first step of Isaiah 43, 26. Put me in remembrance. That's why the most important advice that we can give to a lost person this year is just three words, you need God. You don't need religion. We just celebrated Christmas. The Lord Jesus Christ didn't come to bring us religion. He didn't come to bring us Christianity. He came as the true God to give us life through knowing him. So, then God says something Im- amazing in verse 26. It's just amazing when you look at this and God says, let us plead together. And you say, did I read that right? Did I read that right where, the, where, where God said, let us plead together? Does the almighty God plead? Does he beg? Yes, yes. In Matthew 23, 37, Matthew 23, 37, we see Jesus. We see Jehovah Jesus pleading with Jerusalem and saying, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not, you wouldn't. And so there he stands as the great Jehovah Jesus with a broken heart, he's pleading with the Jewish people, would you let me gather you? Would you let me protect you? Would you let me care for you? And then the tragic words, you would not. I would, you would not. This is the same Jehovah Jesus that's spoken about in Romans 10, 21. In Romans 10, 21, where it says, but to Israel he saith, all day long I've stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. He's pleading with the Jewish people to come to him to be saved from their sins. That's amazing to see God pleading. So he, there they are. They're under the judgment in Babylon. They're under judgment because of their sins. They're slaves again. And God says he's pleading for them. He's pleading for them and he's judging them at the same time. And that's what it says in Isaiah 3.13. Isaiah 3.13 says, the Lord standeth up to plead and standeth to judge the people. In a Jeremiah 2.9, Jeremiah 2.9 says, wherefore, I will yet plead with you, saith the Lord, and with your children's children will I plead. Will I plead. Ezekiel 20, verse 35. Ezekiel 20, 35. I will bring you into the wilderness of the people, and there will I plead with you face to face. What a word. God says he's gonna plead with them face to face. Micah 6.2, Micah 6.2. Hear all ye mountains, the Lord's controversy, you strong foundations of the earth. The Lord hath a controversy with his people, and he will plead with Israel. God pleads. God pleads with Israel and every person, he pleads with every person, Jew or Gentile, that has sinned against him. And his plea is: come to me. That sin is a tragedy but come to me for forgiveness and cleansing. And when a person does come to him for forgiveness and cleansing, you know what that person looks like? He looks like a publican in Luke eighteen thirteen. In Luke 18, 13, where it says, the publican standing far off would not lift so much as his eyes unto heaven, and but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. When that happens, when that happens, a wonderful thing is seen of a pleading together. God and the man, God and the publican, God and man are pleading together. God pleads for man to come to him for forgiveness and cleansing. Man is pleading to God for forgiveness and cleansing. And that's the fulfillment of verse 26, Isaiah 43, 26. Let's plead together. Let us plead together. Because God feels the tragedy of man's sin more than man does. And God is pleading for man long before man pleads with God And God is inviting man, and he's saying, and this pleading together is a beautiful scene that will happen prophetically, will take place in the case of the Jewish people in Israel in Zechariah 13.9. In Zechariah 13.9 will be the fulfillment of this pleading together where it says, and I'll bring the third part through the fire. That means two-thirds of the Jewish people unfortunately will be killed. But 130 says we'll bring through the fire and I'll refine them as silver is refined and I'll try them as gold is tried and they shall call on my name. What name is that? The name of Jesus. Jehovah Jesus. They shall call on my name and I will hear them. I will say, it's my people. And they shall say, the Lord is my God. That pleading together is gonna be when God says in Zechariah 13, nine, it's my people, and Israel says in the same verse, the Lord is my God. When that pleading happens, there's not gonna be a dry eye in heaven, not a dry eye in the house. That's the first advice that God gives for 2017, repair the past, fix it. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, 1 John 1, 9. 1 John 1, 9. And what God is pleading for, what is he pleading? Is in verse 26 again, Isaiah 43, 26, verse 26. He's pleading, declare thou, declare thou that thou mayest be justified.